Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Hey, greetings in the matchless name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, we're live here from the church here, right here in Perth Amboy, New Jersey, Kingdom Living Ministries. I bring you greetings. And today we're going to continue our study on the leadership of the Spirit. How many, test, how many people can testify that you have been more aware of the leadership of the Spirit than you ever have before? And so the object or the purpose of this lesson of this ser series, the series is to help you to identify how God leads, how to recognize the leadership, the promptings of the Spirit of God. So last week, we kind of talked about forgiveness, forgive and live, and we're going to get to developing a willing heart in this series. We, we'll probably take probably the month of September just to continue to unpack how to be led by the Spirit of God. So with that said, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you for this time and this opportunity to share your word with your people I pray none of me but all of you. I pray that you'll speak through these lips of clay, think through my mind. I thank you for the anointing. It is the anointing that makes the difference. And I look to you to anoint me afresh, that I may speak a word, to give me the tongue of the learned, that I may speak a word to them that are weary. Thank you for utterance, divine supernatural utterance. Thank you for the gifts of the spirit to be in an operation as you see fit. And Father, I pray for your, your people that You'll grant unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe. I thank you for this time and this opportunity to share your word with your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just thank God for his word. <clears throat> so last week we talked about forgive and live. And through text messaging, as well as um, emails, thank you for those who testified that, you know, once again, we were talking about being led by the Spirit, and the Spirit of the Lord led me to talk about forgiveness and, and, and really thriving in, in forgiveness. And so I want to thank you for those, to sh those who, who contacted me and to let me know that you were ministered to on that subject. So you got to stay in a vein of forgiveness. Never allow unforgiveness to block you because unforgiveness is a thief. It will rob you of blessings. It will rob you of a long life. It will rob you of financial blessings. And above all, it will rob you from hearing from God. So you don't want that flow of revelation to be blocked because of unforgiveness. So be quick to forgive. Be quick to repent and quick to forgive and even be quick to listen because sometimes in listening to other people, you'll recognize the Spirit of God speaking to you through them, telling you what to listen to and what not to listen to. You can learn something from anybody. You can learn what to do and what not to do. And so it is important that you maintain a lifestyle of forgiveness and, and cultivating a love walk. You know, we're called to love as Christians. So don't allow what other people do to dictate to you how you should re react or respond in love. We are, we are Christians. We are believers. We are followers of Christ. And so therefore, we should have on display at all times the love of God. And that, yes, I said at all times. So the, God never gives us a little space to just do whatever we want to do. You know, oh, you, you had a little flesh moment. No, God always tells us to put on the, the new man, put on the whole armor of God, to stay on guard, to be alert, to be vigilant. For, for the devil, your adversary is seeking you, whom you may, he's seeking to devour somebody. So will it be you, or will you yield yourself to the Spirit of God and walk in love, put love on, and never put, take, take it off, never take it off. Even if somebody meant you wrong, choose to pray for them, choose to walk in forgiveness. And we talked about the distinguish of, of letting, you know, um, not trusting a person, 
you can forgive a person but not necessarily trust them. And so I know that it's kind of like it might be confusing, but I don't want that to be confusing. If somebody constantly steal from you, you can forgive them of those acts, but you don't have to trust them with your wallet. That's what I'm saying. All right, that said, we also talked about self-forgiveness and how that is not a biblical concept. That's not a biblical doctrine. Nowhere in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, you'll find where God tells us to forgive ourselves. Um, forgiveness is horizontal and vertical. Vertical with God, so we ask God to forgive us, and then we ask each other to forgive one another. We forgive and love one another. So that's the way it should be. We should forgive. We should ask God to forgive us, and we should ask each other to, we should ask our brothers and our sisters to forgive us, or we receive their forgiveness. You get what I'm saying. So forgiveness is never a self-centered focus, but it's always the focus of receiving forgiveness from God and receiving forgiveness from your brothers and sisters and forgiving your brothers and your sisters, but never of oneself. That's, a psycholo- that's something psychology have um, you know, made up and, and it has bleed into the church. You know, even some gospel singers singing his songs about forgiveness, forgiving yourself, foolishness. It's, it's, you know, and then we also talked about how it is never okay to be angry with God. It's never okay to forgive God because God is not the person that needs to be forgiven. We are the creatures that need to be forgiven, but God is never to be, never is God in a position that needs to be forgiven. No, who are we to forgive the creator? And you do, you may have frustrations and your disappointments in life, but you don't necessarily, it, don't stop blaming God for something that we, or life is happening to you. God is, God is so good and he's so faithful. We see David getting frustrated and even angry at his enemies. And, and, and we see Jesus um, perhaps even questioning, you know, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Even Paul, when talking about the thorn in the flesh, he talked about, Lord, um, you know, delivering from this thorn of, fle- of flesh, uh, this thorn in my flesh. And, and we see questioning, and I think it's okay from, from a Bible standpoint to question or to ask questions from God, not to question God. I, I hate to use that term but to ask questions of the Lord. Lord, why did this happen? And he may and may not answer you, but it, which is okay because he deserves that right. He, he, he doesn't have to give us um, anything, you know, but he has. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness in Christ Jesus in this life. He's given us some things in Christ, and so we need to apprehend those things and receive those things by faith. So that said, let's dive right into today. I'm going to talk about... Um, the leadership of the Spirit some more, and I'm going to focus on the inner witness, the inner witness. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Proverbs chapter 20. Today I'm using the King James Version as well as the ESV. Go with me to Proverbs 20, 27, and also Romans 8, verses 14 through 17. All right, here we go. Proverbs 20, 27 simply says this. It says, um, 2027 says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inner inward parts of the belly. So we see here that God is going to lead us by our spirit. Now, as a reminder, you are a spirit. You possess a soul and you live in a body. You are a spirit, and you live. You have, possess a soul, and you live in a body. And so God is going to lead us, and God is going to enlighten us through our spirits. So as we recognize our spirits, as we recognize who we really are, and the part of us that got born again, when we got born again, it was our spirits that got born again. It is our spirit that became a brand new creation. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. So what became new 
was our spirits. Our spirits became new. Our bodies did not become new. Our minds did not become new. We didn't have new hands or new feet or, or you know, maybe our attitudes changed, hopefully, prayerfully, but it is our spirits that got born again, not our, not our flesh, not our souls. And so we see from the scripture, the spirit of man is the candle or is the light bulb of the Lord. The Lord is going to use our spirits to enlighten us. He's going to use our spirits to lead us. It is the Holy Spirit in our spirits that we're to follow the leadership of the Spirit. And the voice of your spirit is your conscience. The voice of your spirit is your conscience. So learn how to recognize your spirit. Sometimes when there's conviction, it's not necessarily coming from the Holy Spirit, but it is, it is our spirit who is in contact with God that will bring the conviction. We know that the Spirit of God does bring conviction, but his conviction is simply the conviction of sin, of us not coming to Jesus. But it is our spirits that will convict us of sin, different things that we do that we shouldn't do. Um, as we go and we speak and we, you know, we say wrong words or we complain or we gossip or we, you know, we, 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 we speak ill of someone. The spirit, your spirit will bring you conviction. Your spirit will let you know you're missing it. Watch it. Don't say that. Don't go down. You know, when you're talking about somebody on this side, you're like, mm, I shouldn't be saying that. And sometimes you have to recant. Sometimes you, you need to repent and ask God to forgive you. And so your spirit will bring conviction. So many times, many believers will mix up this, the conviction of the Holy Spirit with the conviction of their own spirit. And in 1 John, it talks about that your heart or your spirit will condemn you. And, and we know that God is greater than our hearts and even our spirit. So Romans chapter 8, verses 12. Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17. It says, so then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Notice it's through the spirit we put to death the deeds of our physical bodies, the deeds of the body, of the flesh. For we are, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage or slavery to fall back into fear, for but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and of children that heirs, and heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him. Let's break this down a little bit. It says that, it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That word sons in the Greek simply means maturing ones. For many as who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the maturing ones. So God wants to lead us by our spirits. The Holy Spirit will lead us through our spirits into the plans and the wills of God, the will of God, into the purposes of God. So, so many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. They are the maturing ones. And so children of God can expect to be led by the Spirit. There is a teaching that says that God doesn't speak outside of the Bible or that, that miracles and signs and wonders were only for that day the Bible day. What foolish theology, right? Foolish theology. We believe that God is a speaking God. He speaks today. Now, not everything, not everybody who says God is speaking to them is telling the truth. There are some people who are flaky. Maybe they had a bad piece of the night before and they get up and they say God spoke to them. Many a times, I, I, I challenge you to challenge everything that someone says to you that is from the Lord. We're not to eat everything. We're not to accept everything. We're to challenge it. The Bible tells us to, to prove all things and hold fast to, to that which is good. And we need to test prophecy. We need to judge prophecy. Don't just receive a prophetic word just because somebody says it. If I give you a word, 
Just don't don't receive it because I gave it to you, but make sure it's consistent with the scriptures and it's consistent with your own spirit. That is something that resonate when that person speaks to you because we're not we're in we're fallible people being used by God. So therefore, you can expect there's sometimes when people give me prophetic words and 10% of it is good and 90% of it is the flesh. I've seen it. I've heard it before. I, I've seen people operate. They get in a flow and they flow and some of it is God and some of it is. It is possible for someone to prophesy to you and only part of it be God and the rest is flesh. And so we, we are to judge it. God expects us to judge prophecy. If you leave, if somebody gives you a prophetic word and you leave confused, leave that confusion alone. God is, you know, sometimes people want to be deep and they speaking in codes. God doesn't, doesn't have to speak in codes. He, if he wants to speak to you about something, he's going to make it plain. And if it is some kind of code, if we can say that, then he'll give you the interpretation of the code. You may have to pray it out a little bit. But sometimes people want to be all deep and use deep symbolic things to express the leadership of the spirit. And I'm telling you, God knows how to speak to you in your language and with your understanding. He, he knows how to speak to a scholar, someone you know, who use what we say million dollar words. He speaks to them in million dollar words, but he all speaks to all people. God is a speaking God and we can expect to be led by the spirit of God. Now, the way that he leads is going to be different than the way that we expect. Sometimes we expect handwriting on the wall. We pray for signs. And I told you and I warn you and I'll keep doing it to the day that I see Jesus Never seek the, uh, a sign. Never seek a, a, some kind of external um, um, fleecing of God. We don't, we're not to fleece anything. We're to trust what God places on the inside of us. And as Christians, New Testament Christians, we're, we're to be led by the Spirit of God from the inside out. Not the outside in, but from the inside out. God is going to lead us from the inside out. And so even when somebody gives me a prophetic word, I'm going to judge it based on what I get in my spirit. All right. So here the scripture tells us, it says, for many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So sons of God, children of God can expect to be led by the spirit of God. Expect God to lead you every day. Expect him to give you some guidance. Order your steps, right? That's a, that, that scripture, Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So you can expect the Lord to order your steps. As I heard one, one young man of God say, if, you're going, if he's going to order your steps, you got to do some stepping. So don't just sit back and expect him to tell you where to go. Sometimes you got to go, and in the midst of you going, he will lead you and guide you and direct you. All right, we'll get into that a little bit later. And then if we jump down, it talks about for, for you did not receive, verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of, of bondage or slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Our spirit cries out, Abba, Father. He's Father God to us. He's Daddy God. So you can say Father God. It's, it's so natural for us as believers to God, call God our Father. He is our Father. Now, Jesus is not your Father. Jesus is your big brother. He's your Savior. He's your Lord. But, but the Father, Father God, is Father to us. He's Father to Jesus. And Jesus is our Savior. He's our Lord. And the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's our comforter. He's our intercessor. He's our standby. So we can expect the Spirit of God to lead us. So don't call the Holy Spirit God Father. He is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Jesus is God. And Father God is God. But don't call the Holy Spirit Father. Don't call Jesus Father. Jesus is your big brother. Holy Spirit is your teacher, he's your guide, he's your comforter, he's your standby, and so forth. But Father, God is our Father. So our spirits cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy God. Daddy, we come to you. Father God, we come to you. What intimacy is that, right? It is, he's no longer just God to us, but he's Father God. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. 
I'm asking for forgiveness. I'm asking for guidance. I'm asking for healing in my body. I'm asking for wisdom, right? What, what a wonderful father that we have. If we have good fathers in the natural, if you had a good father in the natural, then the Bible re- uh, speaks of your good father as being evil. So if your evil father, right, if we could say that, who was good to you, how much more is your heavenly father who is extremely good? He is the definition of good. And so many times people want to water down the goodness of God, but goodness means goodness. I mean, I don't, I don't see having a car accident being good. Oh, I got money, and so God is good. No, 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 no. That, that, that car accident, if it, if it damaged your body, that was not of God. That's not the goodness of God. The goodness of God is he protected your life, preserved your life. And so let us not get so deep. Some people want to get so deep when it comes to the goodness of God. But I, I'm here to tell you, encourage you to, to look forward, to, to, to think about the goodness of God as being just that, the goodness of God. Let's continue. It says, for the Spirit himself, notice the Spirit of God is a person. He's a very real person. He's not an it. He's a person. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So besides Romans 10, 9, and 10, it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So we know that if we confess and believe with, confess with our mouths and believe with our hearts, we're going to be saved. And here we have another indication, an indicator that we are children of God. It says the Spirit himself bears witness that we are children of God. So the Holy Spirit will, will affirm your sonship in the kingdom. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit will affirm your sonship in the kingdom. So some of you all may get twisted with the sonship, but let me tell you, we are sons and daughters in the son. And so therefore, the Holy Spirit affirms and validates our sonship in the kingdom of God. We have an assurance that we're children of God. One of the indications Indicators that we are children of God is that we have a witness on the inside of us that we belong to God, that God is our Father, that Jesus is our Lord, that the Holy Spirit is our Comforter. You should have that assurance. Now, if you have uh, any kind of doubt in your spirit, most likely you're not saved. Now, I did not say doubt in your mind because you can have faith in the heart and doubt in the mind and still be pleasing to God and still operate in Bible faith. So I'm not talking about your mind or your emotions. There are times that you might feel like you're not a child of God because of an act that you did. But I'm here to tell you that if you, every child of God has a witness on the inside of them. So that lets us know that we are children of God. You should know that you know that you know that inner witness, that inner knowing that you belong to God and that God belongs to you. That the Bible says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. How do you know if you're a child of God? You know it on the inside of you. You know it because you confess the Lord Jesus with your heart, your mouth, and you believe that God the Father raised him from the dead. And when you made that confession of faith, the spirit of God lets you know you belong to God. You are his children. You are his child. You are his Jesus just saved you. So there should be a witness inside of every believer. And if that witness is not there, that person isn't born again. That person isn't born again. So if you're looking at me this morning and you don't have that witness on the inside of you that you're a child of God, then you're most likely you're not a child of God. But I'm here to tell you, you can receive that witness when you repent and receive Christ as your Savior. We'll we'll give you opportunity towards the end of this sermon. And so the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. So let's go and dive into the inner witness. There are four different ways in which the inner witness is manifested. So let me say this. If God, the Holy Spirit, can let you know that you are a child of God by giving you an inner witness, then he can also give you an inner witness with directions in life. 
once again, how do I, as a pastor, as an overseer of this great work here at Perth Amboy, how do I know which direction to go at, at, uh, with the church? Or how do I know what to teach and what to preach? On the inside of me, on the inside, my inner witness tells me which way to go. I look to the inner witness every day. When I'm dealing with my kids, when I'm dealing with my spouse, when I'm dealing with life, I go by the inner witness. When I have a bunch of things on task to do, I go on from, I follow the inner witness. So learn to look to the inner witness. The inner witness will save your life. The inner witness will say, let me say that again. The inner witness will save your life. Many a times people are looking for God to speak to them or to lead them in a way that he never promised. Let me let that sink in. Many a times people are looking for ways for which the Lord to lead them and to guide them or to speak to them in ways that he never promised. God never promised to speak to you in an audible voice. God never promised to give you dreams or visions. God never promised to give you a prophetic word. Did you hear me? So you may go throughout your whole entire life and never receive a prophetic word. Word. That doesn't make you a less of a Christian. It doesn't make you less spiritual because the prophet didn't give you a word. I'm here to tell you, you got something more assured than a prophetic word. And it is, this is the prophecy, the prophetic word. So don't look to those things. It's great when they come, but many a times God will give us a prophetic word because he knows that it's some rough selling ahead of us. He gives us Sometimes he may appear to you, Jesus may appear to you, or you may have a vision or a dream. That, that's to sustain you through the rough times that are ahead of you. So sometimes when somebody receives a prophetic word, it means there's some rough times ahead of them. And they need that word to hold on to in order to make it through that tough time. So don't ever seek a prophetic word. Everybody wants a word, a word, a word. No, there, there's people who are word junkies. They go from one prophetic service to the next. They trying to get a word. And, and when God speaks to them, then they don't do nothing. They don't do anything with it. They go to the next person. Then they go to the next person. Then they go to the, stop seeking words. Seek the word. I'm telling you, it's better to hear from God for yourself than through a prophet. It's better to, 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 to hear from God on the inner, inner witness than through a dream. Dreams come and go. I can't depend on dreams. You know, I can't depend on God giving me a vision at night. That Those things, the devil can accommodate you because we live in this world and the devil is the God of this world. The devil can accommodate you with dreams and visions and false prophetic words. And even give you voices. Just because you hear a voice doesn't mean that it's God. Let me say it again. Just because you hear a voice doesn't mean that it's God. So stop seeking voices. I'm, I'm, this is a warning. Stop seeking voices. Stop seeking prophetic words. Stop seeking dreams and visions. God, just speak to me. God, just... No, no, no. He's already spoke to you. If you'll get in the word, the inner witness will become clearer and clearer on the inside of you. Don't, don't, don't seek what God never promised. God never promised to speak to us in an audible voice. He promised to guide us, direct us, but don't seek, it, don't seek his voice. Seek his guidance. Seek his leadership. Because the inner witness may not always be a voice. It, it's just, and I'm going to give you the four manifestations of the inner witness. So, so this scripture tells us the spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And if you'll follow the inner witness, the inner witness will lead you how to raise your children. The inner witness will lead you how to choose the right spouse, how to choose the right job, the right church, the right direction on the inside of you. I'm not talking about feelings because, you know, you can feel good about a church today, but when things get uncomfortable you're out, right? That's like some people in marriages. They, they get in a marriage 
And when things are easy, the honeymoon phase, oh, Lord, I'm so in love. And you see them pictures all on Instagram. And then eight months later, you still see the, you know, they, you may see the pictures, but, on the ins but inside of that home, it's hell. It's hell. There's arguments and disagreements and lack of communication and no sex going on and all kinds of mess happening in a marriage that is disglorifying, that's not glorifying to God. But I'm telling you, we're, we're to be led by the Spirit of God, not our feelings. So when I talk about the inner witness, I'm not talking about feelings. Feelings are flaky. You cannot walk by your feelings. And the Bible tells us that we're to walk by faith and not by sight. We're to walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, I, recently, I talked to a, a young lady, and she she's she's a partner here at the ministry, and she's she's having a hard time looking at um, hearing some of the live services, and and I was trying to explain to her what we're trying to do and trying to make sure that the sound is good and so forth. And you know what she told me? She says, "Listen, I'm not going nowhere. I'm not giving up because I can't hear no sound. I'll wait to, for it to rebroadcast." And she just had that determination. I'm going to listen to this word, and I'm going to participate in the in, in the services, whether if I have to look at the rebroadcast or not. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to give up just because I can't hear some. And sometimes some believers they give up so simply. They they give up when hard times come. When marriage, when you if you're in a marriage, you're going to have some hard times. I'm not prophesying to you. That's a reality to all marriage couple, married couple. And because you got two different personalities, there's going to be some issues. I'm not talking about boyfriend girlfriends because that's you can you can leave. You know, you're like peace out, <laughs> or, or you're engaged, peace out. You know, you don't have to stay there. You're not obligated. But if you're and once you make that marriage covenant, then you you need to fight. You need to fight to the end, not fight each other, but fight for the marriage. But but I say all that to say this, that don't give up. You know, if, if you if you find yourself missing, you think it's God and you missed it, don't give up. Don't get frustrated. Get back up again. Because sometimes we think we hear from God and we, we miss it. We're human beings. We, we live in a sinful nature. We live in a fallen nature. So sometimes we just miss it. So I, I want to encourage you to follow the inner witness. Learning how to follow the inner witness every day. I'm telling you, the inner witness will lead you out of debt, will lead you um, into a, a wonderful job. Not saying that that wonderful job, everything is perfect, leave you, leads you into the perfect neighborhood. Now, you may have made your decisions, right? You might have got a car that later on you realize, if this car is a burden, right? How do you know if it's the Lord or not? That you, the decision, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a house, a career, or a ministry, this is one of the ways in which I measure whether or not it's the Lord in it. And this is uh, Proverbs. It, it, it says this, that the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. So if that thing brings you sorrow, then it is not of God. Now, you, some of y'all might say, well, I got married and now I got sorrow. Okay, well, it, it's a little bit too late now. You, now you got to invoke the presence of God and the blessings of God in that marriage. But I'm here to tell you, if you're in a place where you can make a decision, if the relationship brings sorrow and there's more sorrow than, than the richness of God, that's not of God. If, there, if that, that car is a burden then you made the wrong decision. If that house is a burden, that job is a burden, you made the wrong decision. So what are you, somebody, somebody might say, what about the kids? Well, it's too late now. <laughs> uh, uh, you got, those, got that kid, so you got to take responsibility. But the, even in our mistakes, the Spirit of God can lead us into success, even working the mistake into a success, working the wrong decision for our good. And so I want to challenge you that if you get in a situation that is it's a burden, then seek the wisdom of God and it brings sorrow. Seek the wisdom of God how to get out of it, all right? And, and when you do that, the, the inner witness, the Spirit of God will lead you through the inner witness right out of that into victory. And so the inner witness... So outside of the Bible, we, we, we discussed that the number one way in which God leads us is through the Word of God. The second way in which He leads us, which is the primary way that He'll lead every Christian, 
No matter what, what kind of Christian you are, I'm talking about whether you're in America or another country, he's going to lead you by your inner witness. Now, many Christians are led by, I, I hate to say this, I should say some. Some Christians are led by money. They're led by money. So they'll take a job based on the salary. They'll take the job based on the salary. Be careful of that. I'm not telling you not to look at the salary, but don't take a job because of the salary. Money isn't everything. And I'm telling you, you can have the money and be miserable. Be miserable. Don't, don't, take, don't, don't follow the money. Follow the inner witness. Follow your spirit. Follow your spirit into the plan of God. Because your spirit may t tell you to, he, your spirit may lead you to a low and paying job. I, he did that for me one time. I was making a decent amount right, after, right out of Bible college. And he led me to a Christian bookstore and I was making pennies. <laughs> I wasn't making that much money. But out of, by that one decision, I re reaped a harvest of friendships, a harvest. And to this day, I'm still friends with those people, and those people are very precious to me and my family. And I'm telling you, you it, it's, that, was, that to me is worth more than money could ever be. It's having godly friends, real friends, friends that will die for you and fight for you and pray for you and be there for you when you, you mess up and, and, and speak life into you and prophesy in your life. That, that's what you want. I don't need any friends that's going to um, pull me into sin or friends that will not. So, so following the leadership of the Spirit, I gain a harvest of friends that set me up for the rest of my life. These people still sowing to me. One friend that I met through making that decision just blessed me with a van. And it was, and so I never would have had kept come in contact with one of my, my partner in ministry outside of my wife, who y'all some of y'all met is um, Brad out in Arizona. Is I met him at the Christian bookstore. But it was because I followed the leadership of the Spirit and taking a long-paying job, I was able to gain um, it brought it brought an increase in my life. Not financially, but increase. So don't follow the money. Don't follow the money. It's not always God because it's more money. It's not always God because the door is open. Don't be led by opportunities. You may go and qualify for a, a nice car, right? Just because you qualify for it doesn't necessarily mean it was the Lord blessing you with that. So we're not to be led by door opportunities because God will lead you to the, where the doors are closed where it, it seems like it's in a, an impossible situation. So the Lord will lead you where the doors are closed, where you have to use your faith to open the doors. And the Lord will lead you away from open doors. So just because there's an opportunity doesn't mean that it, it's the will of God. There was one time somebody wanted to pay for my tuition, and the Lord did not lead me to allow them to pay for my tuition. There's been times where people have sown into this ministry where I've rejected it. So I don't take every offering because sometimes with that offering comes an, an attachment, a motive. So I don't receive everything that someone gives me. You, you get what I'm saying, right? Because sometimes people are doing it for the wrong motives. And so sometimes so somebody sold into the ministry and I refused that. I rejected it. The Lord says, reject it. This is not right. Receive, don't, re, don't receive it. That's right. A pastor rejecting money. Um, so, so you have to follow the spirit of the Lord. Just because somebody wants to do something for you doesn't mean you should let them do it. Don't allow people to do stuff for you when you don't. Not, everybody's not called to help me. Back in the day, I used to let anybody who wanted to help me to help me. Everybody's not called to me to help me, to be my personal assistant. I, I just, that, that's because sometimes people bring drama or storms <laughs> when they come around. Um, sometimes you, you've, you've seen people when they, they come in your presence, they in your house, they breaking stuff. I mean, stuff that you've had for years, <laughs> you know, the iron brakes, the iron board, this is everything. I mean, it's just like they bring a curse on the house. So you don't, you don't, don't associate with everybody. 
I'm telling you, don't associate with everybody because whoever you hang out with the most, that's who you're becoming like. And the Bible says, bad company corrupts good behavior. A wise person walks with wise people. All right, so God is going to lead us through our inner witness. My time is getting away from me. But God is going to lead us through the inner witness. So let, let's talk about these four ways. I'm going to mention these four ways, and I'll probably get into one or maybe two, and then we'll pick the rest up next week. So these are the four ways in which the inner witness is manifested. The first one is inner knowing, an inner knowing. God will lead you through. One of the ways the inner witness is manifested is an inner knowing. The second is peace. It's peace. You'll have shalom, the peace of God. The, other, the third way is it seems good. It seems good. And the fourth is perception. There's a spiritual perception of something. You know, sometimes if you, if you follow the inner witness, you can see sometimes, not all the time, you can see a person and you can spiritually discern, spiritual, spiritually perceive something isn't right with that person. Their countenance or something weighing heavy on them. And let, let me just dismantle this. Some people like to say that they got the gift of discernment, right? I, I, I want you to know that every Christian should have what we call the gift of discernment. So don't, and sometimes people be so deep, oh, they, they, you know, they, you know, my girl can discern things. Well, if you're a Christian, you can discern things. You can discern um, light from darkness and devils from angels and good from evil. So God expects every Christian to have discernment. And so the, what they call a special gift of discernment it's really not discernment at all. That person may be a better judge of character or a better um, observer. They can observe some things about people, but it's not necessarily that a person has this gift of discernment like it's a special gift. If you're a Christian, you should have some type of discernment. You should recognize demons. Just, you know, people, get, we get all excited. Oh, I was able to see a devil. Oh, okay, praise the Lord. I mean, that's, that's elementary. Like, I, I, I want to train my, my boys, my eight-year-old, my two-year-old, to, to cast out devils. I mean, casting out the devils, recognizing the devil is easy. That, that's, that's babyhood Christianity. And people get all excited about that. Oh, 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 I saw a devil. Okay, <laughs> so what are you going to do with it? Oh, I heard a voice. Okay, what are you going to do with that voice? Is it God? Is it the devil? Or is it you? I mean, all right. So we, we want to um, understand that we all should have some type of discernment. We, we all should have that. We should, be, we should be keen spiritually. We should be sharp spiritually. All right. So inner knowing, peace, it seems good, and perception. So I think I'm going to, let's just focus on, and this is not necessarily in an order, um, inner, inner knowing, the inner knowing Let's go to 1 John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. The inner knowing. We, 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 there's some things, that's what those older saints would say, you know that you know that you know. There should be an inner knowing in your spirit. You may not know everything in your head, but you should know it in your spirit. Man, this is King James Version. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, it says this. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and you know, ye know all things. And you know all things. You have an unction or you have an anointing from the Holy One. So every Christian has an anointing. Every Christian, I want you to say this with me. I have an anointing. I have an anointing. Every Christian has an anointing. Now, whether or not they operate in that anointing, whether or not they manifest that anointing, or or that anointing is seen in their life, it's up to them. But everybody in the, child, in the kingdom of God has an anointing. It, it says you have received an unction or anointing from the Holy One, therefore you know all things. So there should be an inner knowing. One way the inner witness is manifested is an inner knowing. You know that 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 you know. So you should know some things. Some things, you, when you go pray, some of y'all know what God is requiring of you right now, right? Come on. I, if, you, if, you, if that's you, come on, push those hearts. Go ahead, push, push those hearts. You know what God is requiring of you right now. Go ahead, push it. 
push it. All right, um, push that like, uh, not like, but the little thumbs up. So you, you know that's an inner knowing. You know that you know. You know some things. You can't explain it, but you know it. So that's, the, that's one of the ways in which the inner witness is manifest. That's a knowing on the inside of you. When you meet somebody, you can't explain it. It doesn't make sense logically, but you know that they're off spiritually. You just, hmm, something's not right. Mm, I can't put my hand on it. I don't trust them. Mm, you know, that, that, that something isn't right. So, so, so you, you know that you know, right? That, that's, that's that, that inner knowing. You, you know all things. Not that you know all things, but you're connected to the one who knows all things, who, who lives on the inside of you, and he lets you know through the inner witness. A manifestation of that is an inner knowing, you know. So follow your knower. Follow your knower. When you know something, don't violate what's on the inside of you. I'm not talking about your flesh. I'm talking about your spirit. I'm talking about your inner witness. When your inner witness tells you to do something, when you know not to go down this street and just nah, nah, or they ask you to do something at your job, your, your, your inner knowing says, you know, just knows that something is not right. Maybe they're setting you up for failure. Maybe they're setting you up to lay you off. Follow your inner knowing. Um, you know, just, you just know, like, mm, I'm not, I'm not going to be around that person. Uh, I, or I'm not going to purchase that. You know, you go in, or you get services and, you know, you have people do stuff at your house. Follow your inner knowing. Sometimes you know, like, mm, or somebody, you know, you come across a mechanic and you just, you just don't, you sense in your knower that something isn't right. That's God speaking to you. Now, some Christians call it my gut, you know, and, and I think they're just trying to express an inner knowing. If there's something inside of you that doesn't set right, follow that because that could save your life. Save your life. Um, uh, the story, and I don't know if this young man was a Christian or not, but he was sitting down with his mom and his aunt, and he was in Willenboro, and he was, you know, sitting down, I think it was on Friday night, and his friends came by to, to tell him to come to this party. He didn't want to go. There was something inside of him that just didn't want to go, and he, he just didn't want to go. And, and his aunt, and his mom's like, go ahead and go and have fun. And long story short, he went anyway. And guess what happened? It was a shootout, and he ended up dying from, you know, from the shootout. And so his mom and his aunt testified that he didn't want to go. There was something inside of him just did not feel compelled to go. And I'm telling you, follow that. That will save your life. That will save money. It will save time. Follow what's on the inside of you. And sometimes you don't feel like it. All right, right? Feel like, feel like. You know, somebody told me, won't call me one time. I don't feel like this. I don't feel, well, feel like? Feel like? I don't feel like. Like, we're not to walk by our feelings. Feel like? I don't feel like it. I mean, you might not feel like going to work, but you let many of those days be like that. You don't feel like and you act on your feel like, you won't have a job. All right? So don't go based on your feel like. I don't, I don't feel like. No, get over your feelings. Get over your feelings. Learn to, 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 to hear people even if it hurts your feelings, right? If I go as, as your pastor to bring correction, are you going to leave the church because you don't feel like it? You, your feelings, your feelings are hurt. Get over your feelings, right? You, you're not too, and, I, and you know, if you know me, I don't try to hurt anybody's feelings on purpose. But there, be, there will be times that I may say something to hurt your little feelings. And I did say, say little, all right? There are times that my wife and I will talk, and everybody, every relationship, this is not the standard for everybody, but we'll say, she'll say, how do you like the food? I'll say, it was horrible. 
<laughs> you know, thank God she's not like, oh, you hurt my little feeling. Or I said, how do you like the sermon? It was horrible. You were not anointed. I mean, it's just, that's the, our relationship, right? You can't do that for everybody because y'all might, you know, you might end up in divorce. <laughs> like, oh, I got with the divorce because I told her how I feel. I mean, you know, you, you do you. <laughs> but what I'm saying, like, what I'm saying is don't walk by your feelings. Learn to get strong and to hear things and to deal with, like, I, I never forget, I was working on a project as, as the youth pastor. We were working for, for months on something, and the senior pastor shut it down after months of preparation. That hurt my little feelings. It really did. And people got mad and indignant because he shut it down. But guess what? He's the pastor. He can do that. So just because it doesn't go your way, it's okay. <laughs> um, so going back to the inner knowing, there's a knowing that you know that you know that you know. All right? I'm going to stop there. We're going to cover the rest of the three, um, the other three, peace, and it seems good, and perception, maybe next week. Well, we'll probably get at least to one more. So the inner witness is manifested through inner knowing, peace, it seems good, and perception. I'm telling you, God wants to lead his children. Learn how to follow the leadership of the Spirit. Spirit of God wants to lead you. There's some people here today that's listening to me. And I'm telling you, attached to your following the leadership of the inner witness, the leadership of the Spirit, there's a blessing on the other side of that. God is trying to set you up, whether it's to go ahead and go to school, go ahead and go after that business, go ahead and, 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 and you know, perhaps do something extra that might cost you extra for your children. You know, I, I never regret, and I'm telling this is not the standard for everybody, but I, I was impressed, my wife and I were impressed not to send our oldest son to secular school, public school. We were, we were led to send him to a Christian school, and I thank God, I thank God for allowing me and allowing us, to leading us for that, and, 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 and you have to follow the leadership of the Spirit. I made a decision recently um, and I'm so glad I did. Naturally, it looked like it was a stupid decision. But I'm telling you, I got more peace than I've ever had peace in my life just because of that one decision of following the inner witness. And things began to fall in place after I made that decision. Stuff that I've been trying to strive for for quite some time, but I made that one decision and everything is lining up. You know, And so I, I want to encourage you to go ahead and follow the inner witness, the inner knowing, that perception. What is it that the Lord is speaking to you about? That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.